Welcome to the Living Rock Podcast. Those of you who have been here two Sundays ago, David Lyon was with us, and he introduced a new team, Love uh, Builds Up, which is based on uh, 1 Corinthians. And today I'm going to uh, share from 1 Corinthians. Uh, and for the next uh, few weeks, a uh, couple of months probably, uh, different people are going to come and share from 1 Corinthians because it's such a powerful um, book letter that was wrote. And uh, the same things that apply to the, the people from Corinth applies to us today in Atherston. And um, today we're going to look on some of the things, but first just to uh, catch up uh, or to make a, uh, uh, to, for us to remind ourselves what David said uh, two weeks ago, he talked about um, uh, uh, we, that we have to be weighty, wealthy, and waiting. These were, were the, the first three principles that he mentioned uh, uh, two weeks ago. So we have to be weighty, wealthy, and waiting. Uh, today I'm going to speak about something which is called uniting foolishness. <laughs> I'm not sure if at this point do you agree with me that we have to unite in foolishness, but I hope by end of today, today's message, you will unite with me in foolishness. You, I don't sound very convincing. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, it's a strange combination of words. Uh, but it's going to make sense. Just bear with me and stay with me, please. Uh, today, if we look on social media, for example, or all around the, uh, us, we see uh, influencers, people who, uh, by who they are or what they're doing, they are uh, capable to influence our lives. They're giving us advice uh, what clothes to wear or how to uh, uh, have a successful business or any kind of topics. And people are following these persons, these influencers. And uh, they are following them in a certain way that they believe everything what they are saying without uh, uh, looking to see if it's true or not. Oh, if he said that, uh, I respect him, I know who he is, I'm gonna do it. And it's very important to know who is your influencer? Who is that person that you decided to follow and to uh, uh, let him to influence your life. Because we can be very, very easily uh, uh, dis distracted and follow people that we shouldn't follow. So coming back to these influencers, we see that some of them are celebrities. We see they are actors, musicians, uh, or they, are, they have a very su successful business. We want to copy them. We want to be like them. Uh, they are respectable. Uh, they have a life that we want or we think that we want. Maybe some of them have a very wise speech, so they know how to present a theory or something, and it's like, oh, I think he's right, yeah, he, he, he has a point here. Or um, we already agree with, uh, with what they are saying without uh, checking, as I said. So let's go to uh, 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 1, verse 10. Um, I think it's going to be here in a second, and we can have a, a read. So 1 Corinthians 1 with 10. I appeal to you, dear brothers and sisters, by the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ, to live in harmony with each other. Let there be no divisions in the church. Rather, 
be one mind, united in those and purpose. It's Christ divided? No, it's not. So Church of Corinth was facing a division. In the church, there were people who formed smaller groups and they were not united anymore. There was not, there was, there were not anymore one church. There were a bunch of people gathering together, but in different groups. And uh, they took that into a certain level that they started to argue between them, to have different, uh, let's say, fights. And uh, this, this division is happening today in, in our churches as well. I hope not in Atherston. And division is something that a lot of, of churches are facing today. And we have to treat this very serious because Jesus said there should be no division. It's one body, his body, his church, and there should be no division. It's very easy to create division and to stay with people that are just like you. Maybe the group of age or maybe your nationality. For us in this church, we have uh, a few Romanians, a few British people. It's very easy for me as a Romanian to go and stay only with the Romanians. But by doing this, I will create a division, even if I don't intend it, if I, I don't plan it. But I will exclude myself from the body and stay with just with a few of people. So no matter what the, uh, uh, no matter what caused the division, there should be no division. Doesn't matter if it's nationality, if it's group age, if it's things that you like, there should be no division, church. So at the end of this meeting, if there is someone here that you don't know his name, and I think most of you will come to you, <laughs> Please go and introduce yourself. Or if there is someone here that you've seen for two years nearly since we started to meet, but you didn't went more than, hi, how are you? Today, please do it. Show interest. And there should be no division in the church. So what caused the division in Corinth? So Corinth was a city full of um, uh, eloquent speakers that had different techniques uh, into public speeches about things like God's, the creation, the universe. Uh, so they were going on the streets, shouting all kinds of theories that they had. And some of them were very wise and smart, and they had the perfect words to put into context and the, the perfect uh, uh, way of saying those words. And people on the streets started to follow them, just like we are doing now on social media. We follow different celebrities based on what they are saying. And that thing that was happening on the streets moved into, the, into church. And in, in, in the church in Corinth, uh, we see in verses 12 and 13 from chapter 1, that people started to uh, say between them that, uh, uh, I belong to Paul, I'm, I'm uh, uh, from Apollos or from Cephas. These are those three persons who came in Corinth and shared the gospel. So based on who was preaching or sharing the word, and based on the fact that some of people decided to follow Jesus uh, when Paul was speaking, they said, we follow Paul. Others were saying, we follow uh, uh, Cephas, and so on. And then they were all in one church. But they were, they were there at least three different groups based on who shared the word when they got saved. And that was a division. And it should never happen in the church. Because we don't follow people. We don't, we don't follow the preacher. We follow Jesus Christ. 
we follow Jesus Christ and only Jesus. Imagine how it will be if you uh, will only come to church, to our gatherings, when only David Lyon is here to preach the word. And then on other Sundays, only when Mike is here to preach. And then uh, when I'm preaching, only Laura is coming but because she doesn't have a choice. <laughs> will that be nice? No. Because I'm sharing from the same book, like David and Mike. And it's not the message, the, the words that I'm using. It's the power of the cross. It's the power of this book that has to go in your heart. So despite the fact that I'm not a great speaker, despite the fact that I don't choose the right words, even Paul didn't. He only shared the gospel. So don't look at me. Look to this book and look to Jesus. Don't follow people because it's very easy and very uh, um, uh, um, easy to do. Like, oh, I know David. I hope David is not listening, but I think he will because he's recorded. <laughs> David has a huge experience, and I like him. But he should not be the only person that I'm listening when somebody is preaching from the gospel. There are other great uh, uh, preachers as well, like Mike, for example. So we should not choose to follow just one because, I don't know, I like him. I like the way he is, uh, is dressing. I like the way he, he moves when he preaches. Today we have a lot of, 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 of Christians who are exactly like this. They come to church only when someone is here, a, a person. Or they uh, uh, go to different churches to look for people that are just like them, to feel nice, to feel welcome. No, it's not like that. This is God's church, not mine, not David's. God's church. And you are coming here not to see me, not to hear a few people that are singing on the stage. You are here to open your mouth to sing to Jesus. You are here to read from the Bible and let the Holy Spirit speak to the person that is here. Amen? Following one preacher or person and accepting only what they say while everyone else is wrong according to you, it's not a good practice. Please don't get me wrong. It is right to respect our church leaders and to submit to them under God. But it's unhealthy too. I had some notes here. Listen only to them and no other Christian leaders. Listening to them only because they have a more uh, engaging style. Believing everything what they say without checking if it is from the Bible or not. Think that we are better Christians because we are friends with that person who is sharing. So it's not about the person who delivers the message. It's about the message. It's about the name of Jesus. It's about this book, the Bible, and it's about God. Remember that. So Mike, if you're ready, if you can put that video which I have there, hopefully it's going to work. It's exactly like this in our life. If we decide to follow one person, we end up believing whatever they are saying. And this guy was just giving a, a proof of what happens if we use the, the words in a certain way, if we have the, uh, the body language uh, put into a certain way. We actually believe whatever he says. When I first uh, heard this message, 
I was, uh, uh, I was very close to go and uh, take all the chocolate out of my house. <laughs> Thank you, I didn't happen. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, I, I wasn't trying to uh, start smoking, no, just throwing away the, the chocolate bars. So it's very important to really understand that if we don't pay attention, someone wise to this world, someone who has the perfect words, can twist our minds. So that's why we need to know this book. We need to read this book, and we need to put it into practice. Because if we decide to follow certain uh, church leaders or leaders of this world without um, looking into Bible and seeing if it's right or not, we end up believing that smoking doesn't kill. And the reality is that it does. And that's exactly what happened in Corinth. Those people on the streets, they were very wise, like this guy, saying all kinds of words, twisting their minds, and starting to believe that the, 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 the planet was flat, actually, and other theories that they may have. So if you use the words in a wrong combination, and if you have the body language, you can twist the, the, the minds of the people, and they start believing stupid things. So it's very important to know who we are and from where do we get the source of the truth, which is the book, the Bible, the only source. Let's go to 1 Corinthians, uh, still chapters, uh, chapter 1, 17 and 18. I'm going to wait a second for Mike to uh, find the right slide. Mike, you're doing a great job. So, for Christ didn't send me to baptize, but to preach the good news, and not with clever speech, for fear that the cross, of, the cross of Christ would lose its power. The message of the cross, it's foolish to those who are hated for destruction. But we who are being saved know it is the very power of God. We don't need to preach the gospel using smart words and to show off how good we are uh, when we do this. And this doesn't apply only to preachers, but also to you when you are sharing your faith with your friends. This message is not just for me, it's for you when you share your faith in Jesus to those around you. Don't try to impress, don't try to look smart, don't try to uh, uh, be very wise, because right over there, Paul said, preach the good news and not with clever speech. Because the cross will lose the power. The message will lose the power. It's everything about the message of the cross, the power of the cross. It's not about how good you speak. What perfect words do you think you're using? Because if people are starting to believe in God because of your speech, and not because of the cross, I think it's useless. Because they will not have a strong root. Their faith is based on words, not on the cross, not on what actually happened on the cross. Are you following me? Yeah. The cross is the power and the key, not how smart or convincing you sound when you talk. So what exactly is the message of the cross? It means more than just the fact that Jesus died on the cross. It's also about 
the, the significance of this. So I have three things that I want to tell you. God judged sinful humanity. God became man to bear that judgment himself. And third, the cross is the only way anyone can be forgiven and have eternal life. When we talk about the message of the cross, the people around us will have one of these two reactions. Please be very careful. They will either consider it foolishness or they will say it's the power of God. Verse 18. So when you tell people about Jesus, about the cross, they will either say, man, I think he's full. He lost his mind. Or he will say, He's right. It's the power of God. So what is for you people, church? What about you? Is the message of the cross the power of God? Or do you still think it's foolish? And because you are here, I think you agree with me. That is the power of God. Hallelujah. So what are people looking for if it's not the message of the cross? Because people will reject the message, but they still are going to look for something. So uh, let's read verse uh, 22 and 23. It's not their mic, so uh, don't look for it. So 1 Corinthians 1, 22 and 23, it says, Jewish demand signs and Greeks look for wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jewish and a foolishness to Gentiles. So some people are going to look to see miracles. Have you ever heard someone saying, I will believe in God when he's going to do that and that and that, when the, there will be no more earthquakes. If God is really God, he should not allow earthquakes, earthquakes to happen. Have you heard this kind of people saying, I will believe in Jesus when uh, he's going to appear in front of me and tell me something. Or, I don't know, all kind of signs and wonders that they are looking to see. They are rejecting the cross because it's told of a weak, crucified Jesus. They see Jesus as someone who died on the cross. And if you remember, when Jesus was on the cross, he was surrounded by two people. And one of them said, if you truly are the son of God, get down of the cross and save us too. That person was looking for signs to believe. Are you looking for a sign to believe in God, in Jesus? Or you let your faith to go and say, I choose to believe in Jesus. I choose to believe in God. And not asking for a sign in order to believe. Other people wanted wisdom. So they are looking for a message that is logical and fitted with worldly wisdom. So they are looking to receive from you a message that they can uh, base on, on, the, uh, uh, on the wisdom that people have today, which is anchored in, in things that are happening around us, which is like you, you can touch it. If it's like science fiction for them, they will reject it. So they are looking for wisdom, a message that is logical and fitted with worldly wisdom. So they reject the cross because it doesn't make sense to them. The truth is that the Christian message 
will never sound impressive in worldly terms. So don't be discouraged if the wise people will not accept it and will reject you. The message of the cross, it's foolishness for those who are perishing. As, a Christ, as Christians, we must realize that the world thinks the Christian message, message is foolish. So if you're trying to change the message, listen to this. If we try to change the message so that it can fit with human standards to please the world, then the true gospel will be compromised and replaced. When we are talking about the message of the cross to non-believers, non-believers, Please accept that we will not look wise according to their standards. In order for us to be accepted by, by the wise people, you will think that we have to make some compromises so they can accept the message, to be more soft, more light, more nice for their ears to listen. And if we do this, the cross of Christ will lose its power. And that's not something that we want to do. Definitely, we should not replace the power of the cross in order for people to accept what we are trying to say. So don't be discouraged if they will say to you, you're a fool. Just pray for them. Keep them in your prayers. And it's very important to know that the church will never look impressive by human standards. And we see today that less and less and less people are coming to the church. Why? Because it doesn't sound impressive for them anymore. It's not cool to go to church anymore. It's not uh, uh, wise to go. Only foolish people are going to church. They are so weak. That's what I heard. And if you look on Jesus' disciples, he chose random people. People that... They were not influencers in that time. They didn't have like perfect jobs or they were not a, a, a village chief or whatever it was in that days, yeah, in those days. They were simple men, fishermen. I don't think in that time listened to his message. He was smelling of fish probably all day because that's, that was his job. Or we see tax collector who in, was not an influencer. In fact, he was someone who was put on a side. Nobody wanted to be with him. But there was someone who called him. There was someone who saw something in Matthew. That was Jesus. And Jesus chose disciples that were not leaders, not rich people, not from a royal family. Because if he was doing that and people were saved, we, could, we today could say, Oh, well, he was the mayor of that town. Of course, people were believing to him because in that time, whatever the mayor was saying or the priest was saying, everybody would believe, right? But he chose a fisherman. He chose a Romanian to come in this country and tell the good news of Christ. Hallelujah. And I'm honored by that. And I will not be silent. And I, would, I will not look on my weaknesses. I will look only on Christ and how great he is in my life, how powerful he is in my life. Not how great I am, because I'm not. Just ask Laura. God is choosing, is choosing those who are rejected 
or those who don't look smart so that he can put into shame all the things that are wise according to human standards. David was a young boy when he defeated Goliath. How come not one of the greatest soldiers in the army went to fight Goliath? Because if that person was there, we will not have today this incredible story which happened with a young boy, David, to go and fight the mighty Goliath. And it wasn't David alone. It was God with David who did all the work. So God is choosing things that we say he will have no chance. He's not able to do that. People that are saying about us only negative things. If you are in this room, a person who hears a lot of, of, of words from people around you that you're not good enough, I'm telling you, you are good enough for Christ. You are good enough for Jesus. Just let him to transform you. Let him to take you as you are and make you a great warrior for his kingdom. God is doing this with choosing people which we believe have no chance to do that intentionally because he wants to show the limits of what the world considers wise and impressive so that no one could mistakenly think that their abilities or their charm have saved them and so to boost themselves instead of God. Boast, thank you. It is God who is truly impressive, not me. And when things go well, it is because of God is behind it. It is because of God you are in Christ Jesus, and not because of a wonderful, impressive church speaker. I'm so happy that you didn't come today because you heard about that obvious preaching. In fact, I don't even told you that. <laughs> you came today because you want to hear God telling you something, not because of me, not because I sound good, because I don't. You came here because of Christ, and he loves you. Uh, let's see a little bit the verse 31, where he says, Therefore, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. That's good? Thank you. What does this mean? To talk about how great God is. And always remember how great God is rather than to speak about us or others as being great. We should not, we should not um, be proud with, uh, uh, with, your, with ourselves or with, with the people that are coming here to sing or to preach and say, oh, it was a great uh, preacher today. It's Ovi from Romania. He came to tell us something. Oh, I really like Ovi. No, please never say this. Just say, I've been to church today, and God told me this and this and this. We need, to, we need to put God first, not the people that are saying the message. So, let's do an exercise. Imagine that you are moving in a new city, and you are looking for a new church. What, you should, what should you look for uh, most of all? I did that when I came in England but I'm very curious to see uh, you guys. So you are moving in a new city and you're looking for a church. What are you looking that church to be like? If you can give me some answers, it will be great. 
Yes. How they treat people. Good. It's anyone here who puts like, um, I'm going to find the church who has the best worship team. Hands up. <laughs> I will force myself to keep them down. <laughs> or is anyone here who says um, that I'm going to a church where they have a good uh, 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 program for kids and looking only that as, as, uh, as their thing when they decide to come to a church? Or people who are saying, I need to find a good church when the, the coffee is great and I can make friends. <laughs> Yeah. Or uh, how many instruments they have in the worship band, or how great the worship leader is, or maybe the time of people are gathering. If it's not in the morning, I will not go because I have other things to do in the afternoon, especially at three o'clock. So what really matters is to be in a church where Christ and Him being crucified. It's clearly preached. That's all that matters. Music doesn't matter too much. Coffee, not too much. The social time, not too much. Because today we have great churches with great uh, time of entertainment. But unfortunately, God doesn't have too much room in all what's happening there. It's so easy to find the church and to go there because you like the music, you like the people that are there, and to don't think about Jesus anymore. You're going to a social club. That's what Emma used to say when I met her. Church is not a social club. It's not a place where you go just because, oh, I like, I like to listen to great music, so I'm choosing to go to uh, this particular church. You have to find the church where Christ and him being crucified, it's clearly preached. And I'm doing the best I can to enforce this into our church. This is what the church and the church members should be united around. Because if you have church members united around music, around kids' ministry, about coffee, about other stuff. We'll have division. But if we are all gathering here for one purpose, which is God, then we're going to do a great thing together. Chapter 2, verse uh, 5. We have it on the screen in a second. We're going to read to that. So 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 5. I did this so you would trust not in human wisdom, but in the power of God. We should not trust in the human wisdom, but in the power of God. Because that's all about, it's about God. Not how smart or wise I sound. We need to make room for the power of God to manifest. We should put aside the human wisdom and let God do his work in his church. Let God do his work in his church. So when we came here and gathered together, 
Don't look out on things that doesn't work very well. Don't, don't try to find um, uh, uh, things that doesn't really perform as they should according to human standards. You can find plenty of those here in Atherston. When we come here, we need to let God do his work in his church and look at God. Amen. So as I said in the beginning and through my message, this is not my church. This is not Mike's or David's church. This is not a place where we are meeting to see people showing off or how wise uh, they are when they preach or to see good musicians or how great the coffee is. The church is not a place when we come to show our skills and to look for followers. This is not Americans Got Talent. Yes? This is a church. This is God's church. And he's choosing people that according to human standards, they are on the bottom of the list. He's choosing people that don't sound or they, don't, uh, they are not wise according to human standards and make them great so that God can make the things that people are seeing great as nothing. Isn't that wonderful? There is hope for me then. And there is hope for us as a church. If you look around, you may say, we are such a small church. Just a few people here. We are not like uh, Hillsong Church from London, where they have like thousands of people gathering there. They have the great time. And I like Hillsong Church, okay? So it's just an example. You can, you can compare you or the church with something else and to say, I think we should stay at home, right, Pete? Why are you bothering to come here on a Sunday afternoon? Let's just watch on, on YouTube the, uh, the, the church from London, whatever that is, and that's fine. No. God is calling you, and God is calling this small church, which people from Atherston and the villages around maybe don't see it so wise according to their standards, so that in one day, this, this church will be so great, and it's going to be great, in God's power. And God is going to put to shame all those people who thought badly about us. And they will be here praising God. And I will, I will be with them together as a one body. We'll be together with them. As one body, not divided. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that great? I, 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 I'm, I'm so happy that God doesn't look for, for human standards to choose the people to work, because I will have no chance. I will not be here. But God is choosing people based on their hearts. What is inside the heart is what really matters. Not is what on the outside. This will change. I used to be uh, one inch taller when I got married and 20 kilos less. <laughs> I changed. My heart is the same. Yes, my heart for God is the same. And God is choosing things and people who maybe we say, it's not good enough. And God will say, hold on, I'm going to show you how good I am, God, in Pete's life and in your life and in your life. And there are people around you who think they are very smart and uh, very wise because, uh, I don't know, 
uh, they accepted some sort of uh, theories about, uh, about life, one day those people will say, you're right, Emma. I didn't believe you. But you were wise and smart all the way. Now I can see. So don't stop doing what you're doing. Don't consider you that you're not good enough. Because God chose you to do great things. Just let God do the work. Let him take the control of the work. Let him do the work. You just be his servant. And it's more than enough. So the whole idea of this message was to be united in foolishness. Foolishness as the people from outside see us as Christians. And I really hope there will be no division among us. And we will all be united in Christ, in Jesus, who is the power. Christians are to be united around the message of Christ's cross, even if this will look foolish and unimpressive to the world. So let us all unite in foolishness. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. Search for us online and get information about upcoming events and more great teaching.